in preparation for the uh, the challenge, you know, we catch Oklahoma, uh, a team that's ranked eighth nationally in field goal percentage, shooting almost fifty percent uh, from the field. Porter Mosier, you know, does does a terrific job. He's one of the best young coaches in the country, and you know, took the Loyola program, put them on the map, and now has done a, a terrific job at Oklahoma. They're also thirty first in the country in scoring defense, holding teams down to just sixty two points. And last night in Morgantown. They held West Virginia to just 22 points at halftime. Uh, Oklahoma guards a lot like we try to guard. There's a lot of similarities in their coverages. And when you think about how we would design our defense, we would design our defense to be able to stop our offense. So the things that they'll do defensively um, are effective uh, against our offense because uh, that's how we've designed our, our defense. <laughs> that was kind of a weird little uh, tangent he went on. It's like he didn't know what to say, like an OU question caught him off guard. thought we were just going to talk about how we're the number one team. We're, we would design our defense to stop our offense. That's why Oklahoma's going to be a tough matchup. Is <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know, man. I didn't really follow him, but – uh, all that being said, he's touting Oklahoma hard uh, to his team, to be expected. Um, I wouldn't expect anything else from him. Uh, I do think it's going to be a good game. And I think Oklahoma needs to kind of drag them into a a nasty game, right? A slow-paced, grind it out. Half, I know we're not good at half-court offensively, but if we can turn it into a slow game and not let them get out and run – and, and use that size and athleticism, I think that's the best bet for us. But at the end of the day, I don't know anything about basketball, so that could be the exact opposite way that uh, Porter Moser wants things to go. <laughs> at least you openly admit it. <laughs> at least you admit it. No, The best thing we got going for us, in my opinion, which again sucks, is that it's Big 12 officiating. Right, yeah. So um, <laughs> it, it, make this comparison all the time with first-year head coaches in college football. It's, man – if you can just get that kind of marquee win, that can really swing a lot of momentum in your favor heading into the offseason. Now, basketball is a little different because you play so many games and have so right. many chances at beating a high-caliber opponent, but this would be a major feather in the cap if you're one in the Porter Moser era, you could get a road win against a number one ranked team. Yeah. That that would that would be that'd be big time. And I think it would I think the interest is fine. Like, I gauged the text line a couple weeks ago saying, you know, how locked in people are to this team right now. A, a win tomorrow would really swing it back to, to where everyone's all, all in again. Yeah, and, and basketball's kind of interesting because it's also tournament-driven. Um, you know, if, if you beat the number one team in the country on the road and, you know, it, win a bunch of regular season games against – top-rated opponents no one cares if you're a first-round exit you know um and on the flip side of that if you just meander through the season and are just kind of hanging on by a thread barely get into the tournament and go on a run well uh it's a successful year so it's kind of a, a, a weird way to look at things but I'm with you I think that for this team they've been close a couple of times against some really good opponents like Baylor and 
to get over the hump on on a uh, Big 12 SEC challenge against the number one team, I think that could go a long way for their confidence, especially if they don't turn the ball over and they you know shoot a high percentage on offense. Which, like, by the way, let it be known, when we're normally talking about, well, I don't know if this team can get kind of that marquee win, then it hasn't been going great so far, but if they can get this win, that'll maybe give them some momentum going into the offseason. We're, we're normally talking about the University of Texas, and they're never getting that marquee win. Instead, of they're losing to Kansas toward the tail end of the year and carrying that momentum into the right. offseason. So that's who we're normally talking about. Right. And totally unrelated, I had a um, random thought earlier today. Oh, boy. You know how people try to tell you that the Texas Longhorn Athletic Program is so awesome and they generate so much money and they're in the state where they care so much about sports right. and like all that, all this talent around. If we could quickly do a program by program comparison, I think that we would find out that OU, it, the two athletic departments aren't even close. Um, OU football and Texas football. We'd give the nod to OU there, correct? Yeah, okay, I'll <laughs> not, allow not it. Not correct. Men's basketball. Now, you can look at it recently. You can look mm. at it for uh, the past decade. If you're going by the past decade, the past five years, whatever you want to do it, I, I think OU basketball has been a, a much better program than what Texas has been. When's the last time Texas made a Final Four? They 2003. Two thousand No, uh-uh. They didn't? No, I think they only made the Sweet 16 that year. They uh, the year after OU went to the Final Four with Kelvin, Texas made it, and that's the last time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think I think you could give the the nod to Oklahoma on that. Baseball, you clearly give the nod to Texas. That's well, one that they win. Okay. Uh, softball, you clearly give the it's nod OU. to OU. Now they have men's and women's diving. That's great. I'm sure not very many teams yeah, well, compete in that. Yeah, you're gonna. The only things they're gonna get the nod in from this point out are sports that we don't do. Exactly. But for their men's and women's diving, OU has men's and women's gymnastics. So, I hey, sorry to go off on the tangent. Just the only thing that they have over is the the baseball program right now. Does Texas and women, not have they, gymnastics? Uh, I don't feel like they do. No, they do have women's volleyball though. They're pretty good in that. They're good at. They're pretty good at track typically too. Um, but that one's kind of that one's hard to gauge. Yeah. Well, hey, they're going to continue to ba- make a bunch of money because I guess they've got. What, do they have a bigger fan base? <sighs> um, they should probably. I mean, I mean, they should, right? Uh, yeah. I but they I should. But I don't know if they have higher attendance at football games. Like, how else are you to judge attendance uh, outside that? Like they have more, they they have more fans that wear T-shirts, but in terms of like actual people that show up to games, I feel like OU's been running them in 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 that department for a while. They have a bigger Which, stadium, but they don't fill it. It leads me to the only resolution of this this question is if they make more money and they make a, a lot more money, however they want to they judge that. To me, it just means they have a dumber fan base, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because they're spending I'm more cool money for a a worse product, right? And even the things where you say they check the box on on Oklahoma, 
it's not like it's just light years separation between the two. So, come on. Yeah, I mean, it, but there is light year separation between the OU football program, the Texas football program, um, the OU softball program, their softball program, men's basketball. Texas, it, it had been a while since they even had an NCAA tournament win here recently. Who makes a Final Four first, OU men's hoops or Texas? Well, both coaches have made Final Fours. Okay, I think Chris Beard is there for the long haul. Right. Is Porter Moser here for the like? That's my hangup. If you tell me that he is, then well, I, I think that, that I think the answer is OU. But I just I, I hope that I hope that Porter's here for a long time. I don't know if he's here for the long haul, but. He'll at least be here until he makes the Final Four. Took Loyola. And I, you could say, well, Chris Beard took Tech to a national championship game. That's, but that's right. Porter took Loyola. Um, he's had a better program now. Well, here's what I, like, I can't tell you that Porter Moser's not – because there's, there's better basketball programs than Oklahoma. There's no doubt about it. And I can't tell you that he's not going to jump to one of those places. But my guess, in order for him to be able to jump to one of those places – He's going to have to do something really, really good with OU, right? I mean, he's looked at as a really good coach across the country. I'm not saying that he's not. But in order to get to that next level, you're going to have to do something big at OU, right? I mean, Kelvin had to go to a Final Four and then an Elite Eight after that. And then, what, a couple of years later, he was getting the Indiana head coaching job. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, sure. I. And maybe someone's been following his career for a long time, but normally, yeah, yeah, he's going to have to make a deep run in the tournament, do something special to get a, a better head coaching job. Because he doesn't really have, and maybe this doesn't matter at all, but he doesn't. I don't know that he has any real connections to any of the other, like what you would call blue blood, schools. blue blood basketball mm-hmm. programs. So I don't. I think he'll be here. Uh, he'll be here for a long time, at least until he does something really big and has an opportunity at one of the other big jobs that rarely come open, right? Sitting in a pretty good spot with head coaches right now. You hope that um, there, there's about six coaches right now on campus that you can hope to retain for a long time. Patty Gasso, uh, Mark Williams, K.J. Kindler, Brent Venables, Jenny Baranchek, and Porter Mosier. You retain those six for a while, you'd be feeling pretty good about things. Who'd you leave out? I'm just there's the six, okay? <laughs> you don't and talk about who we're leaving out, all right? No reason to Let have that this discussion. Be a positive. I just there's six right there. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll let you guys fill in the blank out there. Text Tyler the people that he's leaving out. Dude, all right. Quick timeout. Uh, <laughs> from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler and Teddy inside the Brown O'Haver studio. Texas on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 651-3439. Well, I'm asking you to text, and you did it that break because, oh, I just forgot someone that's won a national championship on campus. Oh, yeah. How about the golf team, huh? Ryan, Ryan Hibble. I, I didn't purposely leave him off. Ryan Hibble is awesome. In my defense, there's so many coaches winning national championships on campus right now. Um, it's hard to keep track of uh, all the great coaches that are here right now, okay? So, yes, Ryan Hibble, that's seven. 
Um, but come on, can you come to my defense a little bit? There's just so many, there's so many good coaches right now. It's not just one or two. It's seven across the board. Mm-hmm. Nah, you could hammer me. That was bad. I yep. forgot Ryan Hibble. I guess he's the man. I guess our tennis team stinks and uh, baseball. Whatever, dude. You're the one that said there's only six coaches on campus you want to keep. Everyone else can uh, get fired for all you care. You didn't say that exactly. I, you just kind yeah, of. That's, the, that's how you took it, huh? <laughs> that's how you took it. 24-7 Sports said a great article earlier today. Best quarterback returning in each conference. Want to go ahead and uh, guess who they picked in the Big 12? Well, I'm going to – I'll tell you who they picked – I don't think it's correct, but they picked the uh, the Sanders kid at state. Yep, that's exactly who they picked. Reigning uh, Big Twelve or All Big Twelve first team Big Twelve quarterback. So last have year, we been too hard on him? No. Well, I don't know. You tell me. I'll read the numbers. He ranked forty sixth in yards last year. Okay. He was tied for forty first in touchdown passes with twenty. Yeah. He was tied for hundred and eleventh in interceptions with twelve. And he was 41st when it comes to QBR, 68.1. He had a 20 to 12 touchdown to interception ratio. Right. But you do have to at least admit that some of that is a stylistic thing with what their strength was last year defensively. They played a very conservative offense. So their style was to throw interceptions last year? Through 12 of them. Not necessarily. Well, they did want to stockpile defensive stats, so they would turn it over sometimes on purpose. Smart move. No, he's – yeah. I, I – that's just the easy no-research pick, right? Yeah, um, but if you did a little research, and I understand that you can't necessarily compare it this way. I, I don't know. 2020, Dylan Gabriel was awesome, man. Um, 60% completion percentage. That is lower than we're accustomed to around here. But everything else checked out. 3,500 yards, 3,570 yards, 32 touchdowns, four interceptions on the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I will take that right now. I'd like the completion percentage to be higher than 60%. But if you give me a 32-4 to four touchdown to interception ratio, uh, let's go. And that's far better than anything Spencer Sanders has accomplished at OSU. I don't care about completion percentage. I care about the interceptions. Now, if you have a lower completion percentage and you have a, high, a really good touchdown-to-interception ratio like what you just told me, right? I don't have a problem with the quarterback throwing the football away. I have a problem with the quarterback throwing an incompletion that happens to be an interception, right? That's a dangerous play. If you're throwing it away, I got no problem with that. And another reason why his completion percentage is going to be lower, like if you go look at Matt Corral, it's going to be lower too. Why? Because a large percentage of their throws are going to be pushing the ball deep downfield, which you complete at a lower percentage. So I'm okay with it. I really, completion percentage to me doesn't tell the whole story. If you're throwing it away, uh, if you're making the safe play, you're not like the turnover, the interception number is the one to look at. And it's been pretty good throughout his career. Uh, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions all the way back in 2019. I guess he and Levy would have been. Was, was he and Levy together in 2019 and 2020? 
Yes. Okay. So with Levy, he Thanks. had um, yeah twenty nine and seven, and then thirty two and four, and then he had nine touchdowns, three picks last year before he got hurt. Right. Um. Now hang on. Say those years again. Eighteen. Nineteen. Twenty and twenty one. He was with him nineteen. Nineteen because yeah. Levy was in Ole Miss in twenty. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So he had twenty nine touchdowns, seven interceptions with Levy, and then the next year thirty two and four, which that's monster numbers right there. No, man. it's that's great. Really good. It's great. Um, uh, which, but that still would have been with Heupel in that same system, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. Um, that that just kind of tells you which you know. Look at and Heupel took he he adopted to that. I would say that Lebby's system and Heupel's system kind of end up being the same. It's a it's a a hybrid between kind of what Heupel's always done and kind of what Baylor did, right? And those two got together and really you know adopted one another's high points off of what they do. They took some of the the same things, I think. So there's carryover both ways. And you look what, you know, in, in the SEC, that offense has worked, right? Ole Miss did it with high success. And Tennessee had a had a really good year last year. Their quarterback played great. Offensively, their numbers ended up being really good for year one. Thought it was pretty impressive. So, yeah, I, I don't know how you – does it have to be a returning starter, though, for the – Sake of the I, I didn't article. really read the guidelines of the article, but I just don't think it's a hot take at all to say that Dylan Gabriel is going to be the best quarterback in the conference next year. Right. And kind of, I'm more trending towards I'll be surprised. Like, there's going to have to really be a surprise offense to me next year for Dylan Gabriel not to be the best quarterback in the Big 12. Right. Now, we know how the voting goes. That doesn't. Just because he's the best doesn't necessarily mean he'll get voted as a first-team All-Big 12 quarterback. But I think like us watching it will be like, yeah, wouldn't want anyone else in the conference. Yeah, a couple of interesting things to watch. I think, uh, and and I don't. You got to be careful how you say these things because people take things and run with them. I think uh, a guy to watch to have a really nice season is going to be the Martinez kid at Kansas State. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not saying that he's going to be first-team All-Big 12 at quarterback or that Kansas State's going to win the Big 12. He fits that system. But I think he fits that system really well. Um, I think another guy to watch is uh, Chuck at Texas Tech. Well, is Donovan Smith not going to be their guy next year? I don't know. I think either one of those guys, whoever's the quarterback at Texas Tech, is the guy to watch. Remember that Chuck was he was playing great until he got hurt, and he can absolutely air it out. So I don't know. I guess it kind of depends what direction they're going to take that offense. But either one of those guys, I think, is is going to be a guy to watch. They so. are like really excited about things right now in Lubbock, and we don't hear – a, a, a lot about things out there. They love that head coach hire. They love the new OC they got. Um, there is an optimism surrounding that place that hasn't been there since, dude, Mike Leach was on campus. Right. Well, well, probably since Cliff was there that first year. So we've gone through a couple of years now in the Big 12, two years, where there, there's, there was like a big, big change in style in the conference, right? Forever, 
the Big 12 was the no defense league, right, where they just air it out, throw it all over the place. No one cares about stopping one another. And then it kind of went, went to the defensive side of things, slower games, grind it out. I think there's going to be a nice balance now because uh, Tech, I think, is going to adopt that type of offense. TCU, with their new coaching staff, I think is going to adopt that type of offense. You know, ultimately, Sarkeesian, that's where he wants to be. And, you know, you can say to one degree or another, Oklahoma may be in that, that mode as well. I think that's a good thing, ultimately, for OU. I, I don't – it's going to be hard to quantify how big of a difference it really makes. Mm-hmm. But I like preparing going into the SEC – with the way the Big 12 looks now compared to what it did five years ago. Fair point. Because if you're going into that league, and the SEC is, I I think people don't talk enough about how wide open of a league it is. It is a wide open league, but still at its core, those teams out there, the best ones, want to run the ball, they're going to have good defensive line play. It's still a a, a tough guy, still a tough guy's league. So I I think OU, with the, the competition they're playing in the conference right now, the styles, is going to make it a little bit easier, the transition going into that conference whenever that happens. Well, here's the thing is the SEC is going through what the Big 12 went through um, in the in the mid-2000s, right? Oklahoma is too talented, too good defensively, We've got to find a way to to get around some of that, and that's whenever you saw some of these these offenses really, you know, get get creative on ways to to space the field and 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 use some of the rule sets to their advantage. And what you ended up with was a wide open Big Twelve. It's the same thing in the SEC. Alabama, some at the top have gotten so talented that. Okay, we've got to find a way. We're not going to be able to line up and beat them at their game. We've got to figure something else out. And, you know, you've seen that. Look at look around the conference. Florida's uh, done it. Ole Miss has done it. Um, Tennessee's doing it now with Heupel. There's a, you know, whenever LSU was. Best team ever, that's what they did. Yeah, man. so. I think Arkansas's even. Arkansas, going, yeah. e- exactly. So. You've seen that happen, and I think they're kind of going through it. Now, right now, Alabama and Georgia, like Alabama's been able to kind of play both sides. They've got a, a ton of talent on both sides of the ball. Georgia was just, you know, they've struggled recently because they couldn't score when they needed to. They just happened to last year have so much <laughs> consolidated talent defensively that they were able to get away with it. Uh, Air Cover Solutions text line, Dylan Gabriel had less career interceptions or has less career interceptions than Sanders had last year alone. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. And He's been a starter for two and a half years. I know. I wonder, he's probably got, he probably has more career passing touchdowns too? Uh, Yeah. He's got 70 yeah. like touchdowns? Yeah, I think that that's, that's probably right. Let's see, Spencer Sanders in... 2021, he threw 20. In 2021, 20. 2020, 14. And then he had 16 in 2019. 50, right? So so no. So a little less than that. What do you mean? 
Are you talking about in one year? Dylan Gabriel had more inter- no uh, in his career. Oh, Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. yeah he threw thirty two alone right. in twenty twenty. Right. Yeah. So, and and he's not a bad runner. Sanders is going to probably have more rushing yards, but uh, Dylan Gabriel's an athletic guy that's going to be able to get out on the move. Gabriel a little bit has too. seventy career touchdown passes. Yeah, what seventy. So uh, it, it's either seventy career touchdown or 70 total including the rushing 70 career uh touchdown passes and he's got eight rushing touchdowns so there you go almost 80 touchdowns he's a he's a really really productive guy I think he's I think he's going to do really well now I I think he's I think he's got his limitations but I I still think his ceiling is incredibly high and we've got enough talent you know, surrounding him that we'll be able to to win a bunch of football games. He's I I'm really thinking that he's gonna have a nice wide receiver core. For as much as that position group really dropped off last year and wasn't productive, I I think there's gonna be a resurgence of the wide receivers next year, led by Marvin Mims and Jaleel Farouk. Not one of the big freshmen? Uh, I mean, sure, yeah, they'll contribute, but that'll that'll be one and two next year. Sure, yeah, they'll contribute. And the sure-handed Drake Stoops out there as well. And let's not forget about Theo Wee's coming back. How big is that? Massive. And it's largely flown under the radar, which I don't think is a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. And, And, you know, I've said this in past days and weeks, but... I know there's some trepidation with Sooner fans about what our roster looks like right now, and and I agree, but <laughs> Lebby looks at it and is like, oh my God, we're going to kill people. I, he, he, he thinks the roster looks amazing. So I think that tells you that we are, we're pretty stacked, even though we're, we're questioning, it, questioning it a little bit. I, to the to the outside observer that hasn't hasn't been around, it it looks like you know totally man. just totally star studded and be the best that he's ever worked with. So that's that's a good thing. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush on this football Friday. And uh, speaking of a football Friday, yeah, let's all hope, right, that this weekend's football is as good as last weekend's football. But I don't really know how that's going to be humanly possible because uh, it was so amazing last week. Let's at least uh, pick these two NFL games. Haven't talked about it all day. First one up, Chiefs and Bengals in Arrowhead. You and I both are, God, just rooting for Cincinnati to win. Uh, but are we going to be let down? Are the Chiefs going to be going to another Super Bowl? Um, probably so. Probably so. I think they are the better all-around team. I think they're the more talented team. Uh, Cincinnati's had a really good run. It's been fun watching them do their thing. But I think I – think Kansas City has too much. I think the home field's going to be big time. They've been in these type of games year after year. So I think it's too much. But I will say, I don't factor Cincinnati out of this thing. I'm reading right here on ESPN. It says the Chiefs have a 69% chance of winning. (laughs) And I agree with that number. 
but Cincinnati's hot. And in the NFL, we know it's not always about being the best team. It's about being the hottest. Um, I think the Chiefs win it, but, man, I'm pulling full force for Cincinnati. And what's the, what's the best part of uh, the Bengals game right now? It's how well they throw the football, right, with yeah. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And, boy, the, the Chiefs have been very prone to giving up plays down the field. We saw Josh Allen just rip it down the field last week. So it's going to take a massive game by Joe Burrow, but he had a pretty good day against him the last time they played, tail yeah. in the regular season. Yeah, I got Kansas City, though, 31-21. Cincinnati cannot protect the quarterback. I, I do think Kansas City is going to be able to get uh, consistent pressure all game long. Uh, here's the good one. Rams and Niners in L.A. Niners going to continue this run all on the road, find their way to another Super Bowl? I'll tell you what's interesting about this game. Talent massively skewed to the side of the Rams. And there's really no argument to be made on the other side. Uh, whenever you talk about the the total talent on on each team, but San Francisco, because of the lack of some of that talent, they are way more creative in in how they go about running their offense, which makes them difficult to defend. And you've seen that with going up against the Rams. What they've won the last six matchups, so. I think there's going to be a little bit of a choke factor for the Rams. I'm taking San Francisco, who has to have a total team approach to this thing. The big thing here is, I, I, I picked the 49ers. That, there's a caveat, and that is, how healthy is Trent Williams? How healthy is Debo Samuel? Like, if those yeah. guys are close to 100%, give me the Niners. Um, Debo, he limping off the field late, did not look good. I still got the Rams, though, even if Debo and Tripp Williams are healthy. Love the, the throws that Matt Stafford has made this postseason when everyone's doubting him, saying that he can't win a playoff game. The biggest throw of his life is probably the last throw that he's made, and that was that deep ball to Cooper Cup to set up the field goal. Nice. He made some big-time throws last week on the road in Tampa. I think he's going to have another nice game. Cooper Cup's been on fire this year. Give me the Rams at home, 24-17. Rams-Chiefs, Super Bowl. That's what everyone wants to see. Yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to see. Um, it would be – I would be fine with it. I think Cincinnati's got a fun story behind it right now, but uh, Rams-Chiefs would do big, big, big numbers for the Super Bowl. Niners-Bengals, maybe not so much. Uh, that would be bad numbers, actually. <laughs> bad numbers for right. Niners Bengals, though. Everyone's starting to fall in love with uh, Joe Burrow right now. No, I, and rightfully so. He he seems like great. a really good dude. Handles himself the right way, and he's got a lot of talent. Unfortunately, we saw that firsthand up close. So uh, we're going to have to watch some champagne spraying from oh, Team God. Brittany. Yeah. No, I actually I think it's Jackson's turn to steal the moment from. Uh, from from uh, his brother instead. Right. It was Brittany last week. It'll be Jackson's turn to make it all about himself this week. He feels <laughs> outdone by Brittany. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I Here's the great thing. No matter what, a Sooner's getting the Super Bowl ring. Yeah, OU's got the most 
players playing this Sunday. They've got nine. I think they're tied with LSU for most players playing. So you best believe that that's going to be a recruiting tool yeah. for Junior Day this weekend when all those guys, all those kids come in. BV's going to be like, uh, "Hey, there's like we're we got the most players playing on AFC NFC Championship weekend than anybody else out there." Yep. Chiefs, obviously, plenty of OU guys. Uh, you got Samaj Perine, Joe Mixon. Um, Mixon's really starting to turn it on. Yep, he's, he he's is. He's had a good year, it feels like. And he needs to have a big game. Yeah, he uh, does. The running game would help them out a lot. Kansas City struggled uh, with some of that this season. It, Jordan Evans still with the Bengals, right? I think he's injured right okay. now, but he's still on the roster. Yeah. You've got uh, Obo Okronkro with the Rams, uh, Trent. Um, with the 49ers. So, yeah, it's we're good. We're in. Uh, someone for OU is bringing home a Super Bowl ring, so it's going to be fun. Jackson Dart allegedly already enrolled at Ole Miss, um, but some will even tell you that something going on at BYU as well. It, it seems like Dart to Ole Miss. Is, is yeah, I don't know about that. I heard uh, Parker Thune talking about that, and it sounds like, that may be a fairly common thing to enroll at multiple schools if you know you're going to be in the transfer portal just to kind of get the ball rolling for that so you can step in right away and go. I defer to to others on that. I have no idea if that's you – know, it tells you that he's definitely – you know, Ole Miss is, is definitely still in the running uh, in a big way. But um, I don't know. I – my theory is that he's enrolled at Ole Miss. If Caleb Williams goes to SC. USC, he's going to Ole Miss. If Caleb Williams doesn't go to USC, he's going back home. So or not, he, I guess it's not home. Back to Southern Cal. So Wisconsin, though, still very much seems alive in this thing, right? It's just so odd at this point, though. Who like, knows? dude, pick a school. Come on. I, 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 Wisconsin is definitely in the running. Uh, there's connections there. It seems to be a real possibility. Is it a certainty? Anything but. Um, tell me if you read into this tweet at all. Brady McCullough, he's with the LA Times. He did the uh, Lincoln Riley piece that uh, I was yeah. uh, featured in about a month ago. Which I thought you did a great job oh, in that. Oh, thank you so much for that. Uh, he just tweeted out about five minutes ago, if Caleb Williams or his dad Carl's goal was to bring the USC fan base to its knees, they have succeeded and have full permission to set them free anytime. Wow, how about that? It's funny, isn't it, with the Southern Cal fan base getting all over the OU fan base, right? Isn't this fun, college football? This is what it's supposed to be like, right? Yeah, but this whole thing is really annoying, holding everybody hostage. Yeah. Just make a, make a pick, well, guys. Well, it's like, uh, what do they call it? Is it Stockholm Syndrome? <laughs> right? Whenever you're essentially uh, at some point holding yourself hostage, you can step away at any moment. Southern Cal fans, I think OU fans, uh, you know, stepped away from that the Caleb Williams situation a long time ago. You're you're free to join. Uh, let's get to a few texts here before we hit a break. Uh, Chiefs thirty eight, Bengals thirty one. This person's also <laughs> it's also person yes. also picking Rams twenty four, Niners thirteen. 38-31, the best score possible. It's a, total. it's a good total right there. That's right. Don't forget Bobby Evans on the L.A. Rams. Ah, that's right. I forgot Bobby Evans out there. And I think um, 
Uh, Cedric Jones, at least at one point, he was a scout out there. He'd get a Super Bowl ring, too. Western Kansas Kevin, say that five times in a row. He's getting the party started a little bit early on. Actually, no, it's not early on Friday. He uh, says, look at what a buddy of mine picked up for me. Great show, guys. It's two signed bottles of rock and roll strawberry tequila. Nice. How about that? That's pretty cool that Bob autographs so many of those rock and roll tequila bottles. Yep. Don't drink it all in one place. Why? Well, you can drink it all in one place if that place is your home, okay? <laughs> are you going to have a few pops at the uh, Tool concert? Is that what your plan is? What do you mean by pops? Beers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Dude, I cannot wait. I can, it's like, g- you're genuinely, you don't uh, get really excited about a lot of things, but you are, like, pumped. I am pumped. As pumped as you get about anything, you're pumped about this. I am pumped. Tool is the best band ever. Uh, I cannot wait. The show's going to be amazing. Um, I'm just... Whenever I build things up like this, inevitably something happens, right? Oh, power's out. We got storm coming. Like, something. So, I'm um, I'm wrapping myself with, uh, with padding and everything as I make my way to Tulsa so uh, I don't have anything happen. I can't wait. It's going to be so cool. You have a staycation coming up next week, or are you going somewhere? In Mexico. Oh, really? Yep. Nice. That's right. Where at? Puerto Vallarta. Hmm. It's the only place I've ever been to in Mexico. Week-long stay, it was all-inclusive. Mm. I went with Ooh. my best friend and his family. Uh, buddy <laughs> is the definition of a good time. You put him out of business? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, at 18, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Well, right. that's, that's, are you doing all-inclusive? I feel like that's really the only way to go. Uh, I am not doing all-inclusive, but I'm, I'm going with the Corona and Pacifico crew. So it's going to be a fun. Alan's going to be there. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a fun trip. We love our guys at. He takes you out there uh, every year, doesn't Corona he? Corona Pacifico. He's the best. And yeah, he's awesome. It's a great resort. They take care of you there. Hope the weather's going to be beautiful. It usually is. Um, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. God, have you seen how pathetically white I am right now? Yeah, um, I'm just worried that, like, last year, all you're going to do is wear OU apparel the entire time, too. It's like you were, like, telling everyone to ask you about OU football or something while you're out there. So. I've got – I wore my jersey one year <laughs> with my name on the back. I get, get all the guys out there again and make it like a spring break like you had in college where oh, you, uh, <laughs> you and the Kansas State football team squared off in a tug-of-war competition there on the beach. Yeah, um, I'll tell you. I've reached a dangerous point because I acquire a lot of OU gear. Like every year, the radio broadcast team, like we get a bunch of like coaches' gear and stuff to wear polos. So I've got a ton of OU polos. I've got a ton of like OU t shirts and stuff. I, it's a good problem to have, but I'm really, I'm out of any other option. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Just go to Old Navy and get you like that's a $5 what I need to t-shirt, do. man. Seriously. I, I've got like 50 OU shirts and my Taco Bell shirt. Uh, <laughs> that's all I've got. Uh, Blaine, thank you. Auburn opens as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite tomorrow. This text, the Tool concert will be like the Fort Gibson locker room before a game in 99. Tool was in heavy circulation. God, yeah. I can't even imagine. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. 
Ah, oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, All right, fun. quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up the week next. Stay tuned.